You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of, you guessed it, it's the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast coming at you. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from this past week, as well as covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbay Speaker, and more. And don't forget a shout out to our partners at TheChairShot.com who stream this show as well each and every week. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am good. We got some good tidbits, some good pieces of information. We even started some discussion before we uh, started recording, which means, you know, it's going to be a good episode. And, you know, we can't do all of that tidbits and discussing and juicy bits and all that without who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. I mean, you guys could. It would just be mean. <laughs> a time will come where everyone will have to do the show without somebody. Look, okay? Yeah. You all have to do it without me. I'm we'll just. The, we've had to do it without Dusty, with and it turned out terrible. Yeah. The we did it without Dusty were terrible because we forgot everybody. Mostly, yeah, we forgot a lot of names. It's true. Just saying, if I'm sitting here in, in, the, in the lobby ready to talk and you're just like, now let's start, that'd be mean. If it's because, you know, I'm working because I'm working a lot. Spoilers. <laughs> um, you know, the whole different story. Or, you know, Dusty's doing Dusty things. You know, we, I feel like we need we to just, play My my Heart Will Go On by Celine <laughs> Like, no, we just no, have to we no. just go on. Go on without me. Go. No, I, I no, I don't want that. Not at all. <laughs> the fact that you've even invoked that imagery in my head has just made me like more upset. And we're we're gonna start off talking about good things, so I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay. Well, let me let me start getting ahead of myself. Let's focus, <laughs> rein it back in because we got a whole week's worth of lucha libre content to discuss. So let's just take a moment, bring it. Back to center, <laughs> and let us start off the show in a good place. Oh yeah, a happy place. Yeah. Let's start off with news of the week with Brendan. 
Which is mostly good this week. Um, uh, the, the one kind of sad thing where Super Munico was in the hospital, uh, with COVID related symptoms, he's come home now. So we're going to start there. Like, um, his, uh, his Super Munico Jr. addressed it on Facebook, said he came home. Uh, he's still having trouble talking in a normal voice because it was in his lungs. Uh, and, but, uh, you know, apparently he's doing better. So, uh, I'm loving that. Uh, keep it up. Keep it up. Um, and then we have another thing that, uh, Miranda, I think I'm going to let you talk about because, uh, there was a new signing of a luchador in a promotion that you tend to, to cover for us. That is true. If you've listened to the show before, uh, even followed me on social media, you know that I'm a fan of Impact Wrestling. I cover that for the show. We haven't talked about Impact uh, really over the past few weeks because not a lot of Lucha Libre content uh, on Impact. But some news did come out this week, confirmed by the man himself, Laredo Kid, uh, that he has signed with Impact Wrestling. Uh, this came about in two different interviews that he had this week, um, but specifically one, I believe, with Darren Paltrowitz. Uh, he specifically said that he wanted to go after the uh, X Division Championship because of the influence that it had in his career, especially uh, wrestlers in the X Division like AJ Styles, um, who he looked up to. Uh, and in that same tone, he talked about um, he had the opportunity to sign with Impact Wrestling, and so he is now on con- in contract with Impact Wrestling and has his sights set on the X division. Um, he also mentioned that he will be uh, part of their new Orleans uh, tapings that are happening or just recently happened um, in uh, in, in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, and in those tapings, he faced Blake Christian and Ace Austin. So uh, impact putting pen to paper with Laredo kid. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah, a um, big signing. That's a big sign. Uh, it's a, a yet another American promotion that is really looking. Lucha Libre looks like it's going to be the uh, the hot topic in the next couple of years. And, and, uh, and we're obviously here for it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, and again, the X Division is such a unique division where it's mm-hmm. a mix of aerial and strong style and technical. Um, and so someone like Laredo Kid is a perfect fit for the X Division. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, to have that, that presence on American television, hopefully, too, that does help in whatever way for triple a to possibly have more stars come over in the future right now the only you know to triple a more recently routinely seen talent that's uh, on impact are black taurus and laredo kid and so uh not you know a whole big wide open forbidden door but one thing that Impact has done well is um, at times utilize luchadors. Uh, mm-hmm. At the height, you know, of their tag division, you had the Lucha Bros versus LAX, you know, in Barn Burner, stuff that AEW end up booking, you know, years down the road and you could always go back to. Um, you know, Impact had had 
that, those matches first. So I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, and I think Laredo Kid too, having him on, uh, US television shows mm-hmm. really his, his crossover ability. And the X Division itself has long featured, uh, luchadors. I mean, yeah. it's not, they, they had, uh, Extreme Tiger, Tiger comes uh, rushing immediately to mind because he had a big run, but they had the, their version of the World Cup where they brought a team Mexico in and then a few of those guys stayed around. I'm just going to put this in the, in the atmosphere because you, you said his name while we we're talking about this. I want to see Black Taurus in the X division. Oh, yes. <laughs> he absolutely. Now I know he's doing kind of more of a gimme, gimmicky thing with Decay, but yeah. even a type of scramble match, multi-man match. Um, for the X division, either contendership or title. Um, him and Willie Mack, you know, yeah. big dudes, but ridiculously agile and quick for their size. That's why I love to see them in the ring. Um, because of their versatility, uh, but also their size. They do things that men their size you would not typically see no. um, in the ring. Um, and, and granted, I make fun a little bit of, of Black Taurus and Decay, but it's actually a really good fit for someone who doesn't speak, you know, anything, you know, ever as in character and to be part of a darker stable. Again, it's one of those things what Impact can do a lot of great little things and, and maybe it gets overshadowed because it's not as big and flashy as AEW and it's not the juggernaut of WWE and they have a history, you know, being TNA. Um, but they've been a company now, uh, they're celebrating 20 years, um, which mm-hmm. is more than, you know, a lot of other promotions that have come and gone in that time frame. Yep. Um, so it's, a, I think, a great landing spot for Laredo Kid. He's getting that uh, U.S. visibility. And, uh, too, Impact is truly a place where, you know, the forbidden door exists. You know, we'll talk, I'm sure, about AEW later and the concept being coined by Tony Khan, but Impact is truly a place where they have uh, collaborated uh, and and crossed over with promotions worldwide mm-hmm. uh, on a consistent basis now for over a year. And even the history between TNA at the time and AAA. Um, uh-huh. So, it, you know, I think this is kind of another chapter in that in that book. I think so, too. Um I haven't I just have no good transition for this. My next segment is about CMLL and not AAA. Uh but we had a big return to CMLL, one I've been waiting for, one that uh uh you know, people who who listen to the show regularly know that I've been expecting. We had a Mascara Dorada actually officially announce he will be returning to Arena Mexico. Um I look forward to seeing him in any sort of title picture or a tournament or all of the above, uh, I think he could really breathe some new life into into kind of a a very uh, still division. Like I don't want to say it's bad. It's a, it's just, but there's not a lot of movement. There's not a lot of activity to get your uh, your new fans excited. And I think he might be the the missing ingredient there. Uh, Dusty, you sent me the 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 tags did you have any thoughts on on this one yeah he looked a little um bigger i guess would be the phrase than <laughs> he had previously looked and i mean just i mean bigger that's just kind of everybody through the pandemic 
it was exciting to see him back. We all kind of knew it was going to happen, but when they had the CMLL Informa and he showed up, like that was really exciting. Yeah. They made a big deal out of it. They're treating him like a very big deal. He's a huge deal. He's a Grand Slam champion in CMLL, mm-hmm. and it's about as big as it gets for them, especially right now. So this is honestly maybe bigger for CMLL than it is for Mascara Dorada because it was kind of expected for him in a way, but like it's such a feather in their cap to have him now. Mm -hmm. Oh, you are absolutely right. It's much bigger for CMLL. Like notice even my spin on it was this, hopefully this brings the brand up and all of that. It's, uh, he, he was, he's a big name and him being in the WWE and being on American television, no matter how weirdly they used him, He's going to be an even bigger name when he comes back. Like the kids are going to be buying masks on the street left and right. And he's going to be, he's going to be right in there mixing it up with, uh, Ultimo and Curistico. He's going to be at the top of the card. And that's why I'm excited to see what they do with him. And the other thing I, I wanted to point out, since you mentioned he looked bigger, uh, when you have, when you're not on TV and all you have to do for your work day is show up to the performance center, you tend to just, Get really get swole, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. He looks more like a powerhouse than he used to. So it'll be interesting to see what his style does. I mean, yeah. like you never really thought of him as like a big, muscly guy. He was agile. No. You know, he had these deft maneuvers. But now it's different. I mean, his build is different. But we've seen people like Brian Cage that kind of make the best of both. And mm-hmm. so if he could kind of transition into something new, make a new spot for himself, I think he could be huge for CMLL. Well, I think I think his career will be longer if he doesn't mm-hmm. focus on doing the crazy rope spots mm-hmm. as much. Like, I still want to see him. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, maybe instead of doing like 15 a week, you just do one on the pay-per-view and, and then kind of do a more grounded power style. I don't, we will, we'll see what, what the future holds with that. I'm going to move on to the next one because, uh, we, I could talk about Mascara Dorada for a long time. <laughs> uh, we had another exciting announcement for American fans here. We knew that this was happening. We knew that La Faction and Gobernable being free from ROH and, and CMLL and all that. We, and they had their eyes firmly set on America. Trelistico is coming to the West Coast. So we're going to see him at Pro Wrestling Revolution in San Francisco on April 9th. Um, I don't know how. I may have to hitchhike my way down there, but I don't, I feel like this is a way. A show <laughs> the big one. Yes. It's a big one. It's going to be a big, I mean, the, the, the show that they're doing at the, uh, end of February is going to be a big one too. That's a massive card. If you guys haven't gotten, if you're on the West Coast and you haven't looked at this San Jose card they're doing the last weekend of February, you're going to miss out if you don't at least think about going. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the card a couple of weeks ago, but, I mean, he's lining it up again. He's already got uh, Dralistico, which means they never travel alone. You guarantee, I guarantee we're going to see another LFI announcement in the next couple of weeks. Probably probably at the end of the show at San Jose. So, you know, yeah, this is exciting. Um, and then in, in our weird news, I wanted to end on this weird news. Also, it, it, I mean, it'll make sense, but, uh, <laughs> with the, 
the social media was going a little bit crazy when GCW apologized for a brawl between two luchadors, uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. and Psycho Clown. Apparently, I, I mean, so we, we were speculating on this. And I wanted to definitely discuss our, our, our off-air speculation on this. But they apparently had a brawl in the merch area or somewhere, or maybe at the signing tables at the, before the GCW show last weekend. Um, Dusty, uh, you and I seem to be on a similar page. Yes. <laughs> well, I feel like it's a word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that they necessarily went into business for themselves, but by the end of the night, you know, like there was an Apuestas match on the line, yeah. hair versus mask. Yeah. And Dr. Yeah. Wagner can be a beautiful bald son of a bitch. So like. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle him losing that match. I mean, we, we talked about this already when we were talking about, uh, you, you know, um, the uh, mask roulette that's going to be happening at yep. Triple Mania. You just don't see Psycho Clown losing his mask. You just don't. Yeah. You just don't see it. He's certainly not going to lose it at a GCW show. Triple A right. would have a. Yeah. And that's in and of itself too. But, yeah. you know, it was, it's, it's again, kind of a strange way, uh, for this to come about, but not really, uh, because of the fact that GCW is known for its realness and known for, um, you know, uh, not being sports entertaining. Um, and so it came off very curious, uh, for them to apologize for this confrontation, whether it was real or not, it did lead to, uh, the challenge, um, uh, that was made at the end of the GCW show. Um, so I mean, like it, it's whether it was meant to be that way and you just, you know, added some more interest to it or, also, you know, God knows, I don't know if those GCW guys know very much Spanish. So whatever, whatever got literally lost in translation, you know. There's a few guys there that speak very good Spanish. I mean, let's, they, yeah, they, they do have some. So I think they might, might have had some idea, but I, I feel like it was the ultimate combination, right? Like you have. Wagner and, and Psycho Clown who have a program they want to run. And I mean, we've seen it multiple times with Dr. Wagner Jr. and all over Mexico. If he's in an independent arena with somebody he wants to do a match with, he will fight, find a way to challenge them. Mm -hmm. I mean, the list goes on. He's challenged La Parca. He's challenged, uh, Ray Scorpion. He's challenged Blue Demon. He's, I mean, just, if you are a big name and uh, you're in an independent arena with him, he's probably going to find a way to, to challenge you, and it's usually going to be in a Puestas match. Uh, so I think that was part of what was going to like. I don't. I think GCW might not have known that they were that was going to happen, and maybe <laughs> maybe they uh, they they're reaping the benefits of of this kind of behavior. Yeah, but, uh, well, I mean, it's like the biggest story coming out of the yeah. show. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and the fans really want the Apoistus match now. That's it's the a, part that blew me away. Yeah, all yeah, these American it's like fans. new for them. Yeah, <laughs> for GCW fans, like the, the whole idea of a Lucha Apoistus match is kind of unknown. And, you know, so that, 
Yeah. And these guys can go hard for the GCW audience too. Yeah. So. And they did. I mean, yeah. we're gonna, uh, like, I'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> this is part of the transition. When it, I, there was a, I did watch the GCW pay-per-view and man, did they go hard. We'll, we'll get, we'll get there though. But, uh, Miranda, what are you thinking? Is this, is this a worked angle? Is the, was there some realism what? in it? I know, I know GCW encourages realism, but. Right. And that's, that's why I was like, maybe just the promoter didn't know. Cause he did, I, I don't know if, uh, uh, if if Brett, uh, the owner, knows Spanish, I, I don't know. Uh, and, or they just, you know, like as you guys started, went into business for themselves. I think it's a smart way to do an angle, uh, for, especially for maybe a crowd that isn't as familiar with Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the GCW audience is very much in, in tone, in line with, um, you know, the usuals and, and the core, uh, cast, uh, GCW. But I do like, you know, and appreciate that GCW does, uh, utilize luchadors and, you know, tends to do lucha scrambles and, and, you know, uh, six man matches and all that. So I do, they do have some understanding of it. Um, and this was a probably honestly a very smart way of drawing interest to a singles Lucha match. Cause that's yes. one thing that they don't do and haven't done. Um, they're great at doing the multi-man match to doing the spot fest to, you know, having a great, uh, one-off yep. match, but a Lucha program is not something that GCW does. And this is the thing now. It's a program. It's yeah. a program that the fans are invested in. So, and it brings, uh, you, know, you know, a whole, a whole feud to a new American audience. You know, mm-hmm. I know they've had, you know, long withstanding feud, but now it, you, you get to tell a new story with it and you kind of turn that to the page of this mm-hmm. for a new type of audience, which is so awesome for them like that's smart that's how you that's evolve or die you know right Uh, uh, you move forward do something different um and get to a a new audience wider pastures so Mm -hmm. i'm not sure but it worked whatever it did whatever it was it worked worked or shoot it worked accidentally or on purpose this was the the biggest news story this week so like yeah i'm i'm with you like I almost don't care. Like, yes. it's really only the, uh, the, the part of my brain that really likes to just like pick at this, that, that cares. But the rest of it's like, I, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go. I'm going to see it one way or another. Uh, speaking of that, they do still have the pay-per-view up on fight. Uh, it is $14. Uh, it does contain three lucha matches, which is what we're going to talk about here in the indie roundup. Uh, so. See that transition I did there? See that? It's magical. Uh, <laughs> so GCW, if I die, last Saturday, uh, you had the opening match. In fact, you had John Wayne Murdoch come out to the ring. He kind of mentioned the fact that there was some problems, like the, that section of the country was stormed in. So uh, multiple opponents he was supposed to face did not make it to the arena. And... Uh, so he did, essentially did the the old uh, ECW Open Challenge. He just said, you know, is there anybody in this this whole state or anybody in the locker room that wants to fight me? And they played ASF's music. So, 
uh, Antonio San Francisco, completely the opposite of what you would think of. I mean, he's done GCW matches, but he hasn't done hardcore death matches like Murdoch does very much. But he is a, I, I believe he is a Texas based luchador. I'm, uh, not, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he's Texas based because he was in Texas for the show and unscheduled, but, uh, it was a fun match. Uh, they went to, to, to my point earlier, they went hard. Uh, <laughs> it was GCW style. They had the, the bell hadn't even rung and chairs were already in the ring. And then later you had, uh, a diving luchador going into the third or fourth row and, and, uh, the fans had to figure out how to get out of the way real fast. So, uh, it's a, it was an interesting, uh, kind of style matchup story where you have the smaller, faster ASF who was not opposed to using weapons, but not nearly as comfortable as the kind of Texas brawling style of Murdoch. Um, unfortunately, our boy came up a little short. He ate a door. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that was the, I'm, I'm giggling because I also remembered this week that since we were talking about the forbidden door that they, somebody on Twitter mentioned that it was at the twi- forbidden door because the forbidden table is more expensive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's, you gotta think about that one. You gotta think about it. <laughs> Uh, and then we had a, this, this match. Oh my goodness. This next match, you had Gringo Loco and Psycho Clown. And, uh, I, so this was presumably after the brawl. Uh, the fans were super hyped for Psycho Clown. They, uh, but even, even with that going on, uh, Gringo Loco knew what was going on. He cut a nice, a nice, uh, kind of, kind of heelish promo it was it was this is my town this is my place uh i don't care how big a deal you are other places i'm gonna beat your ass because this is my place and then psycho clown surprising to me in very good english takes the microphone says uh fans i want you to forgive me because uh i think that this guy is an asshole and i need to beat him up and i'm like very, I mean, it's a nice, succinct promo, but his English was good. The emotion was behind it, and the fans were into it. And then we were off to the races. Uh, the, the, I don't think the ring, I think the ring was the least used part of the entire arena in this. It was a false count anywhere match. Uh, they, they went everywhere. Psycho Clown's mask was torn. Both of them were super bloody by the end of this. Uh, most of the chairs were knocked over. That the only thing we didn't get was some AAA cookie sheets, but my goodness, if you want to see a good old fashioned lucha brawl, because this is two luchadors and they did this very AAA style brawl, uh, this was the match for you. This, they, they, it was fantastic. Uh, Psycho Clown, of course, did come out on top, but, uh, I mean, it was, it, that's largely overshadowed by other events that we already talked about. Like he's gonna, he gets challenged at the end of the show. And then, uh, in your main event, you had Dr. Wagner and Joey Janela, which, uh, Dusty, when you heard about this, you said that it's the most GCW match <laughs> <laughs> that I've ever heard. It's like so yeah. random, but like also Joey Janela in a really high profile spot. 
and I mean, like, it's just kind of their thing. And like, and like we've mentioned, Dr. Wagner can go hard. And, <laughs> and so like, it was kind of the perfect matchup, like yep. a great way to introduce the fans to Dr. Wagner and to kind of get them excited about what he does. Yeah. It was just cool in a fun way, but yeah, it's the most GCW match I've ever heard. Like yep. totally random, makes no sense. You know, it's going to be amazing and it's going to go hard. Like, and then, yeah, and then you were disappointed with this. That's why I, I, I was mentioning this, because that was my first notes. It was like, is this going to be it? It had everything, uh, that you, that a GCW fan wants. It had brawling outside. You had hard hitting high spots. You had ridiculous assemblies of chairs and, and doors. Uh, I mean, like, all of this, it just, <sighs> blood everywhere, obviously. Um, and then, uh, and then Wagner wins somehow. Like I, you're like, how are either of these people alive at the end of the match? But you know, Wagner somehow wins, picks up the microphone in Spanish, unlike Psycho Clown, who did his promo in English, did a bunch of things, which I am later was later told was the challenge towards Doctor Wagner or towards Psycho Clowns. But fantastic pay per view, uh, GCW. Is, uh, is a little more on the hardcore style for me, so I don't usually buy their pay-per-views, but with these three, uh, lucha-focused matches, uh, not only did I feel obligated, I didn't feel like I, I wasted my time. I thought they were all three good matches. And then they were all kind of different. Like, you've had, uh, Dr. Wagner and Joey Janela and Ringo Loco and Psycho Clowns, by the way I described it sounds kind of close, but you, there was much more there's more focus on, on brutality in the Wagner Janela match. Like we've seen De Wagner and Blue Demon use the hammer, uh, it's just to give people an idea. Like you're, we're, think along that lines. Like there's stuff in the arena that is not just chairs, cookie sheets and doors. And they found all of it. And, and, uh, everybody was bleeding everywhere. Like fantastic pay-per-view. You can't recommend it. It's on fight. Uh, like I say, uh, it's $14 and worth every penny. But that is my indie roundup and this week in news for this week. Thank you, Brendan, for that. You know, we got you covered at the top of the show with what you need to know. <laughs> but what else you need to know is what's happening around the Lucha Central Podcast Network. So up next, we're going to kick it to Denise Alcedo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. 
Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed and please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love for now this is denise salcedo signing off from lucha central central have a great week lucha-masks.com by pro wrestling revolution bringing you in partnership with mask republic the lucha brothers as well as japanese legend ultimo dragon Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. All right, all right, all right. Let's get moving with this week's A1 story. It's actually Triple A. We got some more information about Triple Mania. Dusty, go ahead. Let us know what's happening. Yeah, Triple A held a press conference this week, and they announced the Ruleta de la Muerta matchups, letting us know that Triple Mania 30, night one, oh. April 30th, in Monterey, that will have a tournament to be decided by the to figure out the first round, I guess, of the tournament. The loser of each match moves forward in the tournament with the winner then being safe by being eliminated right. from the tournament, keeping his mask. The first round oh. matchups so far are Kinect versus Psycho Clown, L.A. Park versus Viano 4, yeah, <laughs> Blue Demon Jr. versus Rio de Jalisco Jr., and Penta versus Ultimo Dragon. Like, holy cow, what a card. And that's only four matches. There's usually like seven to ten matches on a Triple Mania card. That's only four. And they're all like crazy good at matches. I'm excited. Well, and then you realize that like this is, this is the, so it's, it's a reverse tournament. <laughs> Winning in the first round means, means you, you sit out, which is weird right. to American fans. But so you think about that, like, you have that connect matchup. Who who loses that? Yeah. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Again, I mean, we kind of just talked about it earlier, but you're right. Like, just just that matchup makes you wonder, makes you wonder the what if. Because again, too, you know, even if you do advance, it doesn't necessarily you just you know, it means you're one step closer to the edge. Yeah, but I mean, you're not you're not any better off with people that in the next round, like um, yeah. 
Right. We know we know Blue Demon's gonna win against Rayo de Jalisco Jr., but mm-hmm. uh, you know then then uh, you still have Rayo de Jalisco Jr. against somebody in the next round. Who who wins that one, right? It just keeps, right. it, it keeps piling up. Um, well, like Penta versus Ultimo Dragon. Who wins that one? Like mm-hmm. there is no yeah. clear winner in that match. So often they kind of telegraph the winners and losers of these things by the matchups. And this time you, there's really none of that. You know, I mean, it's so it could go either way. I'm still sticking with Penta as my outside pick to lose his mask. Uh, I think, uh, but Ultimo is a very generous wrestler, so he could, we could wind up, uh, he could wind up losing that matchup and, and moving on, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm going to stay on the record and say, I think Penta loses that matchup and, and then you get a really good match in the second round, so. Gosh, the more they tell us about this tournament, the more excited I am to watch it. I know, like the genuine interest. The second round of the matchups will be held at the second night of Triple Mania in Tijuana on June 18th. But as of recording time, there's been no bracket, no lineup, nothing, you know, to kind of come around for the second or third round to give us any idea how it might work out. I'm I'm even more excited knowing that it is going to continue on to that. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. the finals. Yeah, same thing. They're having like a huge Triple Mania Night Three in Mexico City in October. I believe that it's October the fifteenth, and that's going to be like the huge culmination of all of it. It'll have the final Puestas match of the night, and it's supposed to be the biggest Triple Mania of all time. So that's very exciting. Yay. Yeah, right. A lot going on. And, uh, anything could happen. So, very exciting. Stay tuned. We'll have more news on that and any updates that come up between now and then. And again, the first night, Triple Mania will be in Monterey, April 30th. Right. Now we're going to go to our A2 news story, and that's AW. Yeah. It has A in it, so it still Yeah, it still works. Alphabetical yeah. order, baby. <laughs> but first Actually, up, I think that's correct for this week's show. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we, there's two that we should move around. Anyways, for, most, for the most part, it's in alphabetical order. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But the uh, this week in AEW Rampage, we had Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. Like this was such an intense match, so good. Basically, what you'd expect from these two. But what made this match very interesting was it featured an extremely rare for AEW disqualification finish. I, it's at least the first disqualification on Rampage. I'm not sure if it's the first disqualification in AEW history, but it is very rare. After uh, no, the CM Punk feud had the had a DQ in it. Oh, you're right. But still very rare. Still yeah. super rare, yeah. Super, I just yeah. wanted to, to, yeah, sorry. I yeah. can't no, I appreciate that. the facts. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt bad I hadn't got the logistics on that, so I do appreciate that. But, yeah, Mercedes pulled a pipe from underneath the ring, and she just clobbered Thunder Rosa over the head with it. And I, I feel like this matchup, like, it, it was so good. Ended in disqualification match. 
obviously building to a rematch that's just going to be violent as hell. It's going to be so good. We saw a bloody and violent match with real soul between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker nearly a year ago now at the Lights Out match on St. Patrick's Day. We found out later in the show that Mercedes was a hired mercenary by Britt Baker, and Britt Baker was pissed because she wanted a win over Thunder Rosa, not a disqualification. And she reminded Mercedes, who signed her check, and said that if she didn't beat Thunder Rosa, her career in AEW would be shorter than her career in Retribution. So, ouch! Yeah, such a sick burn. Mercedes obviously going to turn on Britt at some point. Thunder Rosa... I, I am so hyped for her for the next few months. She's implied all of this is building to a steel cage match at AEW Revolution. And honestly, I, and I love Britt Baker, big Britt Baker fan, but she has done all there is to do as women's champion, and it is Thunder Rosa's time. Like, this is what we're building to. I am so excited for Thunder Rosa. The next couple of months are really going to be, next several weeks, I guess, are going to be really exciting and really build – I think, to that match and be a very intense few weeks for Thunder Rosa, but very rewarding for us as fans. And I'm really looking forward to that. Then we had Dynamite. First up, we had the coolest vignette of Penta. He's walking and he's got a shovel with him, dragging his shovel. He digs up the ground and there's the Penta Pentagon Dark mask. And he pulls it out of the hole and that's the end of the vignette. So there's been rumors, you know, that it kind of hints and shades that Penta, we might see him break some arms, come back and, you know, be that guy we know he can be from Lucha Underground. And it looks like that we're building to that, which is very exciting, super cool clip. It was very popular on social media. I saw it mentioned several times before Dynamite was even over. Great high-profile spot for Penta. I'm excited that they're kind of – and it felt Lucha Underground-ish, and I'm yeah. excited they're kind of tying that in, that feel with the vignette, because a lot of us know his character from that and tying into that and that mythos and the kind of you know history of Penta is very exciting, very rewarding for us as long-term fans. And then we had Sammy Guevara and the Inner Circle, and it it was a sad evening. They couldn't get their shit together. Chris Jericho said that he picked the wrong LAX. It, it was wild. So Sammy, he took off the cut, and he left the inner circle. And sad evening, but he said until they could figure it out, until they knew what they were doing, he didn't want to be there. We've talked before about Sammy obviously being on the way to, you know, kind of doing his singles thing. He, on social media, on Twitter, he posted a picture of his cut, very motorcycle gang style, left it in the ring, walked away. So he, he left no inner circle behind. They're, no idea why they're a biker gang. Can you picture Jake Hager actually being in a biker gang? Just saying. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, yeah, out of all of them. Maybe Jericho yeah, like won. Well, no. I was going to say, Santa Santana Ortiz, like if they were yeah. a part of a Puerto Rican biker gang. Yeah, sure, sure. Like okay, them, so like I can follow, but yeah. okay, so like now out of everyone, like Sammy's like the bottom of the list, and then Jake, and then Jericho only because he's like old, and then Santana and Ortiz because they're Puerto Rican. 
roundabout way of answering your question. Yeah. They left I, so much money on the table not selling those vests because Sons of Anarchy uh, guys that were like 35 to 40 and up, they ate that shit up, spent tons of money on it. You'd see people wearing those Sons of Anarchy shirts and the, the vests and everything. They, they could have made a lot of money. AJ Styles sold vests and they should have yeah. done it. Money on the table on that one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, it was interesting. And I guess it gave the feel, I mean, almost like a band breaking up or, uh, you know, I, I still think it was an odd way to do it, but I also sort of understand the intent and emotion behind it. So I don't know, but I was excited in a way. I mean, it's sad Sammy left the inner circle. Sad they can't get it together, of course. But like Sammy on his solo thing, doing his thing, moving up towards world champion. I'm here for that all day long. Like that's what I've been wanting. And I honestly feel when he's in the clutch or needs them, that inner circle will be there. You know, maybe not all at once, but I think that they play into his story long term. I I think that at some point before Jericho retires, we see a reunion of Inner Circle, and you know maybe it's to benefit Sammy mm-hmm. and yeah, interesting maybe. things. Yeah, there's a lot that could happen, a lot of possibilities, a lot of cool things going on on Dynamite. Last week, a couple of weeks, we didn't really have a whole lot of lucha content, but now it feels like you know we finally got some lucha stuff going on. Strong few weeks going ahead. Whatever they're doing with Penta, obviously a lot going on with Thunder Rosa. Steel cage match between her and Britt Baker for the Ugh. title. Like ah, take yeah. my money. Like right. that's exactly what I. Thunder Rosa is so interesting. We've gotten to see her progress over the years, but even on Dynamite more than anybody else these two women really seized the opportunity you talk about grabbing that brass ring and Mm -hmm. they didn't the lights out match wasn't for the title their feud i I don't believe and don't believe the feud was for the title and so much going on there that was like the focus of the division they were really the first two stars of the AEW women's division that were treated legitimately and had you know active fan interest and didn't just feel like the kind of uh, interest of the EVPs. It felt like the interest of the fans. And Britt Baker being a heel, Thunder Rosa being, you know, baby face. Like, this is really building to a cool moment for Thunder Rosa. And she was the first person to walk through that forbidden door. She's also been the one to capitalize on it the most and make the most of it. And you have to admire that. I'm just so excited for her, so excited to see what happens the next few weeks. But, yeah, she's going to be champion. It's it's just in the cards. As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so she's I, I, I'm, I'm going to be the, uh, the dissenting voice here. AEW is very, very good at building up your expectations and then oh. swerving you in a way that you did not see coming. <laughs> well, I don't – I mean – I remember going to a yeah. viewing party and watching the MJF Cody, one of the MJF Cody matches where everybody was convinced this was the time Cody was going to win and just laughing and laughing at the, just the anger of everybody, all the fans that were in the room that were just, they were throwing things. 
They were cursing. I'm like, see, they got you guys. They got you good. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna point out they they can they can pull this out. So well, is Cody yeah. wrestling in the women's division? Is that what's? <laughs> no, I'm just. Or maybe uh, Taya the... shows up. Yeah, the, like I mean, they're, well, I know, but. Okay. But that's a really and, good and I'm point. sorry for invoking Cody on that because now you got me worried that Brandy's going to swerve. <laughs> no, but I, I think to to your, to your argument too, and and what Dusty's mentioning is that if there is a new big signee, the new shiny toy of the month, that's where I think the swerve could happen, um, yeah. and where the destruction could come, and it's another person that gets an opportunity, you know, and has a program mm-hmm. with Britt Baker only for them to lose and that could you know counter the momentum that thunder rose has had and for her credit she's been able to ride the wave we talk about too even in wwe if you can kind of continue to ride the wave the ups and downs of it you are likely to have a long career in WWE. And that still also may be the trick for AEW um, is that you're going to have moments where you're at peak and then you may go down while there's another program happening. Um, it, it's a little bit harder to predict with the women's division, but we've seen it when, um, you know, Ruby Soho, um, even Thunder Rosa when she first came in. Um, and I think that those will continue to be, um, you know, that, that, that pattern that happened. So mm-hmm. hypothetically, if say Taya came, she would be the shiny new toy of the month for AEW and she'd have this, you know, banger program, but then it would end with Brit, you know, winning the, keeping the belt and we all move on with our lives. So yeah. that's where I could totally see as far as your explanation, Brendan, of what that could happen with yeah. Dusty's a uh, fantasy booking of Taya showing up as in yeah. <laughs> well, the only way that I would find it acceptable that Thunder Rosa not win was if the somehow if Taya came in and cost her see the uh, but that's fight. why that's why I th- I feel like you need to be aware of this and I'm I'm, yeah. I'm bringing this up because they've made it so that the fans are so emotionally invested in in this Thunder Rosa run that that's one of the few things they can do to really, really get the fans heated and, and, you know, kind of, uh, tuning in to see what the, what's actually going to happen then, right? So, Taya or, uh, you know, I mean, any, there's some, uh, like a half dozen female wrestlers that WWE released that they could yeah. use in that position, so. You know, just just saying. That's one of the things I really respect about AEW is that's when they're true. on, yeah. when they they're wanting to do something big, they do it. They do big. So, well, and when they subvert your expectations, usually it's not disappointing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's usually not. Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes you do have to to wait a little extra long, or it's at weird spots. So I'll go back to that Cody feud because I believe the Cody finally won on free TV and against MJF and that was just like why yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> other than the fact that it was a way to get people to tune in because they had already gotten them on the pay-per-view so who knows but, you know uh, see see internet I say positive <laughs> things too sometimes <laughs> 
I'm saying I'm saying lots say of positive things. Some positive things happen. Yeah, that's true. It's true. And I'm, I'm back to the merch. I'm still excited about the concept that we might get uh, American versions of the Pentadark masks at some point. Yes. Go to an arena and buy one. Sounds really, really uh, cool. They are leaving so much money on the table not <laughs> selling the Penta and Phoenix masks. I mean, all you have yeah. to do is get them mass produced in a way that Penta and Phoenix approve of because, like, they've already got their own mask thing. And honestly, the prices they sell for, like a, a yeah. fan mask at the arena, whatever their cut is, it's not going to make a huge difference in their, their personal masks. And, yeah. and AEW could never offer the variety that they provide. So, like, there is so yeah. much money on the table. Like, WWE <laughs> not selling Rey Mysterio masks anymore. Like, oh. leaving money on the table, dudes. I like, know. everybody, I mean. I know. Uh, yeah. I still have a WCW Rey Mysterio mask. I bought years and years ago. And, it yeah, had. It, does it have the like WCW logo somewhere on it? I think it does on the tag inside. Like oh. the tag mentions WCW. Like that's cool, but you know, just having it as like since it's a Rey Mysterio thing, just having it near the back of the head would have been really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Might get one custom made. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, all the makers down there in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> masks are money. Like they, they got to be selling mask pintas, doing the yeah pinta dark thing now. It's so cool. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen? But I'm excited for whatever does happen, and that's kind of the magic of AEW, right? Nothing else. They always keep you interested in what, I mean, whether you love it or hate it, you're always interested in what they're going to do next. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Check in next week for all the new AEW information that we have and everything else. Check out LuchaCentral.com in between. Okay. Thank you, Dusty. Up next, we got this week in Major League Wrestling, and if you did not watch Fusion this week, you should, because some things went down. Uh, but we're going to start at the top with the uh, beginning of the show, uh, and well, we had uh, a match between King Muertes, your IWA Caribbean champion, versus Richard Holiday. This has been a feud really brewing for quite some time uh, with King Muertes winning the belt from Richard Holiday a while ago. Uh, and uh, this is one, I think this is a second rematch between the two. Um, in this match, and the theme that we saw throughout tonight was the looming presence of Cesar Duran and his Azteca underground uh, goons, or henchmen, as you like to call it. Um, in this match, uh, the henchmen uh, came out to distract the referee. Um, there also was some footage of them attacking Hammerstone in, in the back area. Um, so again, the attack on the dynasty um, happening by, by the henchmen. Uh, one of the henchmen uh, did get into the ring with the steel chair, 
Richard Holiday was able to get him out. However, the distraction uh, allowed King Muertes to land uh, the straight to hell on the chair and have just enough seconds uh, to get the chair out of the way and land a pin um, for the three count, uh, retaining the IWA uh, Caribbean Championship. This won't be the last that we see of Richard Holiday. Uh, on this show, and that's just a teaser for you. Uh, second match, not lucha related, but just a uh, interesting note. EJ Nanduka, uh, faced Aquara Kawan. Uh, this was another EJ Nanduka squash match, uh, squash, squash match. Uh, as this was, uh, the first episode of Fusion under, uh, the Blood and Thunder tapings that happened, uh, not too long ago. So big, uh, hype for EJ Nanduka as a native Dallas, uh, resident. Um, and again, to them building him up to be the next best big thing. A very interesting aspect of tonight's show. We saw a preview of it last week, but we got confirmation this week. Killer Cross is going to be making his return to MLW. Specifically, he will be back at Super Fight in Charlotte. Um, last time uh, Killer Cross was in MLW was back in 2020, uh, not too long before he signed with NXT. Um, so... It was one of the last independent promotions he was at before being signed by WWE, and he will be making his return to MLW, which I think is going to be fascinating, uh, knowing what the roster is now and, you know, his experience with uh, Lucha Underground. He could be someone who could easily come into the fold of Azteca Underground. In your main event, we had a Falls Count Anywhere match for the MLW Heavyweight Championship. Hammerstone defended against Pagano. And uh, in this match, very, very physical. Uh, Brendan, uh, I hope you were able to watch. But if you didn't, spoiler alert, cookie sheets everywhere. Cookie sheets, cookie sheets everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. (laughs) Yes. Cookie sheet, you get a cookie sheet, and you get hit by a cookie sheet, and you get hit by a cookie sheet. Uh, but, you know, Pagano really relied on his hardcore style of wrestling compared to the, the just the physical uh, beastness that is Hammerstone. But you know what? Hammerstone got his hands dirty as well. He powerbombed Pagano into a trash can, and he also drove some skewers into Pagano's head as well. And so very brutal match in and out of the ring. Um, and it looked like this was going to be the only way to beat Hammerstone was to use every tool in the toolkit, literally, that Pagano had in order to take Hammerstone down. Uh, as we get to the end of the match, we once again see uh, the possibility of Azteca henchmen coming out, looking like they were going to cause a distraction. But it was stopped by Richard Holiday with a bat. Uh, the distraction occurred which allowed um, Hammerstone to land the Nightmare Pendulum and the pin for the win to retain. Richard Holiday comes out uh, to support his friend. Alicia Atout comes out uh, to try and interview Hammerstone. Uh, and as she's attempting, the microphone isn't working, uh, causing kind of a little bit of a delay. But wait, 
It was all part of a master plan because from behind, Alicia Atut lands a low blow on Hammerstone and Richard Holiday's on the attack. On the attack. And yes, that means the dynasty has broken up. The remaining members of the dynasty are now done because Richard Holiday attacked uh, Hammerstone uh, and is now in not only cahoots, but some kind of a romantic entanglement with Alicia Atut. Right. And that's, so that's more baffling to me <laughs> than, the, <laughs> than the betrayal. Like I saw that coming ages ago, but Alicia and him. Well, that, they've been planting, yeah, they've been planting <laughs> the seeds about that for quite some time about, you know, maybe they, they, it's kind of like when you tease someone, when yeah. you like them type of thing. And they've, again, I, I, I agree, doesn't quite make the most sense. Uh, but, you know, it's some, something. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, who knows? I will be very interested in seeing if this is more of a seed that was planted by Cesar Duran. You know, did he somehow cause a rift between um, Richard Holiday and Hammerstone to the point where ha- where Richard Holiday betrayed the only friend he had in MLW? Uh, but also understandable when you look at the history of the dynasty, you had people like MJF, you know, who mm-hmm. came to be a bigger star than Richard Holiday. Uh, Hammerstone, who's a bigger star than Richard Holiday. So did jealousy come through finally for Richard Holiday? And he decided that he wanted to be the biggest star of the dynasty. And in order to do that, he had to be the person to break up the dynasty. Um, but you know, Hammerstone is still in the sights of Cesar Duran, even though we're out of MLW Azteca. It does not mean that Cesar is done with Hammerstone. Uh, so we will remain to see what happens. Well, we're going to see more Azteca, so I expect we'll see a lot of it. When we see more Azteca, right? Yes, yes. Real quick, next week. 5150 will defend the MLW Tag Team titles in a ladder match against Los Parts. Yes, the rematch is happening next week on MLW Fusion. Uh, that will be a, a highly anticipated match. I cannot wait. Um, we talked about, you know, the physicality of what we saw this week with Pagano and uh, Hammerstone expect something of a similar sort i don't know if there's going to be as many cookie sheets brendan i think they used up all the cookie sheets so this one is interesting to me because which two uh parks show up at the beginning of the match will mm-hmm. really define what kind of ladder match we get very because true. because the two the, the two sons are very agile and will do lots of things to try and, and get up the ladder. I am positive and, and they'll jump off the ladder, of course. But, um, we've seen LA Park use ladders as, uh, brutal weapons before. So, you know, it, well, it, the tone will be very different depending yes. on who we get to start with. And you bring up a really good point about who we get from those parks, because one yeah. thing that 5150 brought up in their promo this week is that Conan is out. He is in uh, the hospital recovering, and so they don't have, you know, Conan being some extra eyes and ears uh, to help combat, you know, whichever third member of Los Parks may be there. And again, it's a ladder match, which means no DQ, which means anything goes, and having that extra help, even those eyes and ears for 5150 could really make a difference um, that Los Parks could take advantage of. 
Yeah. Uh, they keep setting the bar and giving us fantastic matches, so I'm just stammering because I'm still thinking about all the fun things I could see. Yes, yes. Well, speaking of fun things you could see, <laughs> Brendan, you did oh. talk about MLW Azteca Underground coming back very soon. Uh, we announced last week that on Friday, April 1st, MLW is going to be having a special matinee wrestling event. Uh, and shortly after that, we got news that it's going to be an interactive experience. So tickets just went on sale today as recording, which is Thursday, February 10th at MLWLucha.com. Outside of just having this special show, uh, there's going to be uh, interactive experiences that fans can participate in. And so uh, definitely listen up because this is a whole gambit of awesome, cool activities and experiences that you could be a part of um, if you are planning to be at Gillies in downtown Dallas on Friday, April 1st. First off. A little bit, you know, expected, uh, but since it is a matinee and it's going to be happening, you know, during the day, you're going to want to be fed. So MLW is selling uh, tickets to a, well, it's part of the first and second row experience, a Lucha Lunch. Uh, with first and second row ticket holders are going to have early access for an exclusive pre-show VIP lunch with a taco bar. Um, so... You know, is it kind of typical? It's a taco bar, <laughs> Texas tacos, which I, I I don't have the fullest faith, but I'm sorry. I'm like, you know, Arizona street taco, you know, right? Like I just Tex-Mex tacos is not a personal favorite of mine. But yeah. again, it is fair. It's a matinee show. You're going to want to keep your fans fed. So, and I'm sure it's going to be decent. So that's even just one aspect of this interactive experience. The next ones. Yeah, it gets better from here. We have the opportunity to tour Cesar's office. You can journey to the shadowy destination where Cesar Duran makes matches, schemes, and holds court. There you'll have a chance to take a photo sitting at El Jefe's actual desk and reign supreme as Azteca henchmen stand guard over your empire. I um, that, do that. Yes, the, just yeah. to be in that chair. That's going to oh be my goodness. cool. Um, that's access include that's included in purchase of any ticket. Um, and there's more. There is a meet and greet opportunity with El Jefe himself, Cesar Duran, a limited pre-show meet and greet uh, with El Jefe himself. Um, that is a separate ticket, as well as another meet and greet opportunity, which is a separate ticket with Microman and Micromobile, uh, meeting the world's greatest wonder and take a photo with Microman um, at this pre-show meet and greet. And then uh, uh, the final, at least released uh, experience, um, is uh, Caesar's Heist. Its opportunities abound where you can search Caesar's Cathedral of Violence on an Azteca treasure hunt before the show. Uh, Renegades, uh, fortunate enough to finish the quest, will be rewarded with a gift from the gods. Um, and much more uh, apparently will be announced uh, later on. But I mean, to have a wrestling experience plus all of those interactive experiences too, MLW is going all out with this. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. The, just the desk alone has me want, figuring out if I can make it there. Right. Just, I legit was like, <laughs> oh, it's just too too hard to, like, want to miss this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, that good. is scheduled for, again, Friday, April 1st. Um, the matinee show, it's actually a 2 p.m. start time, and it is uh, estimated to be a three hours, um, again, because they will record several episodes of Azteca Underground uh, with this taping. So that's smart that they feed people in this, but also, to, again, to have all of the uh, extra experiences as a part of it is really, really cool. I believe the only things that so far you do have to uh, get separately is the pre-orders of the meet and greets. But the Caesars Heist, uh, the tour, and the Lucha Lunch all are included uh, with first and second row tickets. So uh, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Right? Um, but, uh, you know, again, uh, MLW more in store uh, and real big shakeups this week. The announce of returns, split ups. And much, much more on Major League Wrestling Fusion. Again, you can check out MLW every week on YouTube. Uh, shows are back to airing on Thursdays uh, at 6 p.m. That's the East Coast, or sorry, that's West Coast time. Um, so I believe that's uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard. Uh, but it's on YouTube. It's free. And you can also check out all of their previous episodes on YouTube as well. Very cool. Yes. And that's this week in Major League Wrestling. Up next, it's the segment you know, you love. It's this week in Lucha Libre history with Dusty. That's right. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got information, birthdays, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, all kinds of cool stuff. More than I can even mention, and it's all about Lucha Libre at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This year, or this week rather, we chose to honor the life and legacy of Lucha Libre pioneer El Santo on the 38th anniversary of his death. El Santo is really where all the Lucha Libre that we kind of love and know started. He started wrestling in the mid-1930s, and he never exactly stopped. He, he retired at one point, but it wasn't so much as a retirement as he just died before he had a chance to, <laughs> to come back. His last match was just 15 months before he passed. And Santo really superseded the original medium of Lucha in the 1950s. It wasn't really on TV. It was just kind of a live thing that they did. But he became bigger than all of that. He became a comic book hero first, then a movie star. They wanted to make him a movie star before they made him a comic book hero. And he just didn't think that he would be a believable actor. They also wanted him to play the villain in the movie. He didn't want to do that. And so he, he waited, and by 1961, he was a movie star, kind of a big deal movie star in Mexico. And it's through this movie work, most of us know his legacy. These are our in-ring clips of Santo Wrestling. It's so crazy, but nobody considered saving the old matches for posterity. And he was so ubiquitous that people kind of thought El Santo would always be around. He he was in yeah. 52 movies. He often <laughs> co-starred with Blue Demon Sr. and Mil Mascaras. 
and he's arguably and, and or they not only 52 movies but they often fought off monsters vampires mummies more they some kind of supernatural force gangsters you know villains it was always a lot of fun great movies he's arguably more famous as a movie star even than as a wrestler because a lot of people that don't know lucha libre or know the movies have seen or know like the his connection as a luchador to the movies know mm-hmm. the actual movies because they've seen mystery science theater 3000 or you know whatever and or just on a saturday afternoon and yeah like. yeah <laughs> That, you know, they, they've been around forever, dubbed into English, and, I mean, he's, yeah, super famous. I think he's more famous in death than he was in life, in a way, because he be, sort of became the figurehead and patron saint of Lucha Libre. Like, he's mm-hmm. the guy. He still occasionally appears in comic books. He still makes cameos in movies. Disney's Coco had El Santo in it recently. Um, you know, a lot of cool stuff. And late January 1984, just over a year after his retirement announcement, Santo was a guest on Contrapunto, a Mexican television program. And without warning, for the first time and literally the only time in his career, Santo suddenly pulled his mask up very quickly, just enough to expose his face. He pulled it right back down. It was kind of strange at the time but in hindsight it was kind of seen as a way of bidding his fans goodbye as he would pass from a heart attack during a stage show just a week later on february the 5th 1984 he was buried in his lucha mask and cape at the mausoleos del angel in mexico city brendan yeah yeah well so i mean you you talked about it. it's his legacy that really like and and uh like to this day even with that camera footage existing of him taking his mask off for that brief second on on TV to this day the legend is still that he wore his mask everywhere that he had uh, I've heard he had a special dispensation from the government so he could get on airplanes um, yeah my favorite one was that he would even put the mask on to go walk out and pick up the mail like and and a lot of this is is based on 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 truth like i can't say that the mail thing or the airplane thing is is not true but like for sure everybody that that has talked about him has said that they never saw him without the mask anywhere near the arena or the movie studio or in any public place like and yeah. he was always he was in character and kind to the children from the moment he arrived at any of these things and just went on with that. And this really helped build this larger than life figure. This, and, uh, some of it is rooted in what Mexico was trying to do with luchador movies at the time. Like, uh, their national pride made them want to have figures that were bigger. Like Americans were fighting gangsters. Japanese were fighting Kaiju and, uh, the uh, robots yeah Yeah, and robots yes (laughs) and and so they're like our national heroes have to do all of this so they they did they fought they fought gangsters they fought robots they fought vampires Uh, i mean we talked a bit about this when we talked about the luchador podcast and the wide arrangement of monsters and things that are out there and uh santa was a big part of of crafting that too because he he influenced what they did and how they did it like he also added that element of realism like 
the stumbling while chasing the bad guys, not always winning the fights, but winning the fights just enough. And he was, uh, his character was, he and Blue Demon were both like super smart. Like that was, they, they were per, they were, they were people to be, to be aspired to be. They were heroes in all the ways. They were kind, they were smart, they were strong. Like that, you know, and that is the legacy of your luchadors there. Uh, Miranda, I'm gonna stop rambling now and let you. What? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I think both of you said, I, I mean, like 99% of what is to be said about El Santo and his legacy. Um, one thing that was interesting, um, in, in research and just looking, you know, at how he was viewed, um, I believe Eddie Guerrero in, in his book, um, talked about the influence of El Santo and said that, um, you know, he, in his, in his prime, he was bigger than Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold combined. I mean, yes. and I think we've even yeah. talked about it here, too, where he was, you know, the rock before the rock and Cena and Hogan mm-hmm. and all of the biggest stars that we know. He was them. You know, he's the first crossover wrestler. Um, even when you Google him, um, when you type in El Santo, the word actor comes up. <laughs> yep. And first, not, you know, wrestler or luchador, like when you Google other people's names, for him it's actor. And it's because I think his wrestling career and his acting career are very synonymous with one another. Um, I mean, gosh, what do you have? Like 15,000 matches? I mean, he had an insane yeah. amount of, of matches in his lifetime. And, um, he is, very much almost like the patron saint of, of wrestling, you know, just the yeah. image and figure that you see, the archetype for Lucha Doors. Um, but also it, he's synonymous with the impact of Lucha Libre within, uh, Mexican culture, that it went just beyond a sport. He was a character. He was an actor. He was, you know, um, a spokesperson, uh, and, that too yeah. shows how much brevity wrestling has in Mexican but in, in Latino culture as well. So I mean he is the the legendary, he is the saint uh that uh, of Lucha Libre. I mean it's simply uh the the end and beginning of that. Um and I don't think we would know Lucha Libre wouldn't be what it is today as popular, as well known, um, and maybe even as respected if it was not for El Santo. To your, to your point, I, I have to wonder if Vince McMahon would have had the vision to make wrestlers into actors if Santo and Mil Mascaras hadn't really paved the way well, before I think that. Hollywood did that more than Vince McMahon. I well, think. He was, yeah. I'm sorry, you know, he was, but it was always his vision to have it as the, no, I shouldn't say always, but for a long time. Um, because we, they tried with Hogan first. Yeah, no I mean, holds barred. No holds yeah. barred and the tooth fairy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think we would have seen the level of success 
yeah. wrestlers transitioning into uh, movies if it wasn't for El Santo. Um, and granted, maybe that's why it took so long for it to happen in mainstream America, uh, because Hogan was truly, you know, the first. Um, and it took a while for him. Um, it got a little bit easier for everyone else after that. <laughs> granted, not to say, yeah. you know, Cena Especially took a while. Dwayne. Yeah, The Rock <laughs> took a while, um, but also a testament to that, too, is just the styles. I think all of them, um, all of those wrestlers in particular, had a pivot point with their careers when they started to go more into comedic roles. And I think El Santo was more into action, but it, at the, but when you talk about it now, it's a little bit more comedic um, because it is, you know, more campy movies. But I think, too, that's why they are so popular now, because uh, they're they're more campy and ridiculous, but it makes people happy to watch them. I mean, you can't really do a, a, a straight version of a story of a of a man in a mask fighting a mummy like mm-hmm. it's just not yeah. gonna... <laughs> yes and even you know as we talked with uh dan fletcher from the luchador podcast i mean that has i mean that podcast would not exist if it wasn't for el santo yeah absolutely no and and he's very it very much inspired that i do yes do want to point out that uh this isn't just us like gushing over it too. Like they, the, they still had in the news that, uh, Hijo del Santo led a ceremony at the grave this again this year. Like, and people annually go there. Yeah. Santo's, uh, like San, the anniversary of Santo's death is actually bigger than his birthday. So <laughs> that's yeah, why. That's a, yeah. They, they make, there's a statue and yeah. they make a pilgrimage to the statue and, and Io Del Santo kind of gives the rundown of how things are going to go for him over the next year, you know, like this calendar year. And it, there was a cool moment. Shout out to Lucha-Masks.com. He had his Lucha mask, Lucha-Masks.com mask, like his COVID-style mask, over his mm-hmm. Santo mask. Yeah. It was such a cool look. And but yeah, I mean it's a it's a big deal that the news treats it like a very big deal. I mean it's it's in the press when it happens. And he's revered and like I say, he's kind of the patron saint of Lucha Libre now. All the luchadors really kind of pay tribute to Santo on the anniversary of his death. It's a it was yeah. very special. Well, thank you, Dusty, for this week in Lucha Libre history. Don't forget to check out this day in Lucha Libre uh, history on uh, LuchaCentral.com. But wait, there's more. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com? All right. Well, now that we've just gushed over El Santo, there's plenty of El Santo stuff on there, too. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives, in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of that, it's free. 
LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you for that. Dusty, what happened this week on WWE? Well, yeah, a little. First up on SmackDown, we had New Day versus Los Lotharios, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. We all knew going into this that Los Lotharios weren't going to beat New Day, but still, it's a very hope. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Big E on his first SmackDown back, and but still, like Big E on his first SmackDown back, that's a very high-profile spot in a show that really only has the ability, or so far, to focus on one tag team. The Usos with the Bloodline, that's really kind of been the focus. So to have a big high-profile tag team match was very cool for Los Lotharios. And before the match, Los Lotharios were having a Valentine's Day photo shoot because obviously Los Lotharios are for lovers. And Mm -hmm. New Day committed the biggest faux pas by intruding and rudely interrupting their photo shoot. So we had a match about it. A commercial break right as the match was kind of heating up really hurt the momentum from a viewing perspective. And despite an attempt from Angel on the wing clipper, he was unsuccessful. Big E and Kofi hit the midnight sun to pick up the win. And in a way, I I could be wrong, but this feels like the beginning of a proper feud rather than a one-off match. You know, the... Maybe not, but it, it it has a good feel to me. That's good with me. I want to see a feud between these guys. I think there's more there. I think Angel really gave them a run for their money in a way, and I I just enjoyed the interaction between the two tag teams. It's one of the better matches Los Lotharios have had. Recommend that one. Then on Raw, we had Ray and Dominic. They were the guests for this week's episode of Miz TV with the Miz and Maurice. And the Miz largely wanted to know why Ray and um, Eddie Guerrero were beloved and revered for lying and cheating throughout their careers. But when Miz does it, he's booed. The crowd chants cheater at him. He, he wants to know what the deal is. Dominic gets angry at the lack of respect from Miz towards Ray, and he gets a little physical with him after the Miz suggests that Dom might actually be Eddie's son. We break for commercial, <laughs> and when we get back, because well, he's humongous, and Ray is, you know, like five foot three. And and but Dominic, I mean, he, I mean, if you see, I saw I mean, the Apuestas match. Ray lost an Apuestas match. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean he knows who Poppy that's is. That's binding in wrestling. <laughs> it, it was honestly kind of hilarious. But like like I say, Dominic got mad. We break for commercial. When we get back, the match had already started. Maurice tripped Dominic in front of the ref and got herself ejected. And in all the excitement, Ray did the same thing to The Miz. But the ref doesn't see. Dominic rolls him up for the win. Playing a little dirty. I like that. Post-match, Dominic did the Eddie Guerrero dance to celebrate and troll the Miz. I was like, oh, so good. Like, when WWE does something right, like a little thing like that, it is so good. And I was so excited for that moment. Played perfectly into it. I loved it. It's the first time I've been excited about the Mysterios and WWE in a while. It's hard to get higher profile, like a guy they trust more than The Miz. He is Mr. WWE, 
And uh-huh. so to have Ray and Dominic in there, it shows they have a lot of faith in Dominic. And The Miz has no problem making him look good. He's not greedy in his work in the ring. Very cool spot for Dominic. I'm excited for him. I think this is going to pay off. Do away with the breaking up the Mysterio storyline for a little while. Focus on their strengths. I love it. So hopefully I've got good things to say next week too. I again I want since we were I'm trying to emphasize that we can't be positive. The reason that we get disappointed when they do they miss these big things is because they do cool little things like this that nobody else does. Like this is yeah. It's so good. When they hit, they hit really hard, and, yeah. and it just, oh, yeah. And they played the Eddie notes just right, where it didn't feel like we were getting hit over the head with it, but it really called back to raise time with Eddie and Dominic and Eddie. Yeah. Like, yeah, for long-term fans, long-term investment in it, so good. That's the kind of stuff they need to do, just little throwbacks to what happened, kind of a wink and a nod, and – but with the future, yeah, so good. I, I have a lot of hope for this. I, I hope they can deliver. Thank you, Dusty. Don't forget to check out uh, your weekly WWE results on LuchaCentral.com. That includes NXT. This is where the alphabetical order stuff went uh, a little out of whack, but that's okay. Uh, we almost got it. Uh, quick news. So after we discussed last week's episode, it was announced that Santos Escobar would be facing Braun Breaker at Vengeance Day next week. What we got this week, though, was a somewhat confrontation between Santos Escobar and Braun Breaker, but it was interrupted by Dolph Ziggler and Tommaso Ciampa. So I felt like uh, the attention was certainly not on Santos Escobar, much more buzz around uh, Dolph Ziggler coming to NXT. Uh, and hey, you know, to be able to hop around brands like that is fairly smart. It worked well for Mandy Rose. So why not give it to Dolph Ziggler? He's not doing much. Uh, but it does kind of lessen the effect of, you know, what we'll see, uh, between Braun Breaker and Santos Escobar. Um, I just feel like that could have been its own feud. And then afterwards, you could have brought in, um, Dolph Ziggler for whatever that is worth. Um, but we are still have that one on one match, uh, next week at Vengeance Day. Uh, and we will be covering that. So you'll want to make sure you stay tuned to the Lucha Central weekly podcast where we bring you everything that's happening in the world of Lucha Libre. And with that, that gives us the end of this week's episode. Thank you all so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out Lucha Central, LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can reach out and follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You can also check out Lucha Central on uh, the YouTube on the YouTube, yes, on their YouTube page where they have hours That's of... That's my gimmick. Yes, <laughs> on the Twitter machine. On the, um, uh, but there you can find exclusive matches, interviews, and content you're not going to find anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, where can our listeners find you? I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? 
Well, so I'm before I throw this out, I, I'm just gonna we're gonna I'm gonna go back for a second here. Tacos. I want to hear about your guys' opinions on taco bars because Miranda <laughs> threw out the Texas tacos versus the Southwest tacos over here on the West Coast. We got our own stuff going on. Tell me what yours is. I'm three two one t-shirt guy. Three the numbers three two one t-shirt guy is all spelled out. I'm on Facebook, I'm Instagram, and all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. So don't even try because I'm not on there. I'm not going to get on there. It's more for me. Just send your stuff to me. Yes. Especially if it's about the tacos. Yes. <laughs> send us your taco information, please. Your Very important. Opinions. We know everyone has an opinion on tacos. Everybody so has just... an opinion on tacos. So just tell us. Yeah. Just let us know. What's your opinion of sour cream on tacos too? Ooh, like, it's it varies. It varies. Depends on <laughs> yeah. the taco. Yeah. Usually I'm I'm I actually I'm good without it, but I'll, Me too. I'll I'm have usually it. a no. Yes, but I'll I eat feel it. Like a taco with sour cream is a different thing. That's yeah. That's for I, I will <laughs> I'll agree. That is a different thing, but Well, uh, if you are listening to uh, us on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Podbay, Speaker, uh, and more, please subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe and get a notification every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show, topics we cover, and yes, of course, tacos. You can leave your taco thoughts in the reviews. <laughs> Please, we'd love to find out. Uh, so uh, for this week's Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, thank you all so much for listening. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you, and we will be back with you next week. <laughs>